radio advertising is good, why should you advertise on the Tan Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. Why, we are even home to Imus in the Morning. We also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities, and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tan Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. All right, well, we're still under a parking. I want you to go back out of that track and hit the pace car. Hit the pace car? Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect. Now go on, go, go, go! Welcome, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we got a great show for you tonight. I got a friend of mine with me, our usual favorite sit in here, Alan. How you doing, Alan? Fine. How you doing tonight, Rob? Pretty good. Lee, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. That's good. That's good. Anyway, hey, we got a special guest. We got some cool music. And uh, hurry up and run to your computers, flip on your computers, and turn on to Tantalk1340.com. We are streamed live. You can see us sitting here goofing off in the studio. And hey, if you want to send us an email, go ahead and do that at golfstreamradio at gmail.com that's golfstreamradio at gmail.com hey and if anybody needs an appraisal service or a diminished value call me at 727-541-1741 that's 727-541-1741 what do we got in our uh, pile of records tonight well 
We'll wow. tell you, Robert, tonight we've got a nice little groovy little uh, little track <laughs> cut, you know, as Welcome we call them in the business. A track cut. A track or a cut, either one. Gotcha. But not both in this, at the same time. <laughs> okay. Okay, this one's called Road Racing. Road Racing. Road Racing. There's road no G. No G. On that, so it's just Road Racing. You know what I'm talking about, right? I sure do. Road. Let's fire that baby up. They lead a 60s call. They want their lingo back. <laughs> <laughs> we 
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hey guys, you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We are back. We are live. I got my buddy Alan sitting here with me, and we got a great show for you tonight. Matter of fact, let's do a couple updates on some shows, upcoming events. We have, oh yeah, the Daytona 500 is Sunday, Alan. What do you think about that? No, let's keep it civil. Let's okay. keep it civil. <laughs> That'll be an exciting race for sure. <laughs> yeah, for all you NASCAR fans out there, yeah. they got a great race. If you can figure out what car's what, you know, pull the decals off and figure out what it is, right, Alan? you got to look at the driver. got to look at the drivers. Yeah. It's all about the drivers now. It's not about the cars anymore. No, what car? What car? Yeah. It, they're, all, they're clones. A copy. Send in the clones. <laughs> Send in the clones. Okay, hey, then we got Zephyr Hills this weekend. That's the 24th. Not this weekend, but anyway, it says Zephyr Hills, Car Show Swap Me, and Vintage Sprint Car Races, the 24th through the 27th. Sumter County Fairgrounds, the 18th through the 20th. The Winter Extravaganza up there in Sumter County at the fairgrounds. Be sure and check that out. That's a three-day event. It's a good show. And Alan, what do you got going on? You got something okay. coming up, we too. Got, I just got one thing going on. Volvo Show, Florida Volvo Club of America, Safety Harbor, Philippi Park, March 5th from 10 to 3. Show up if you got an old Volvo. If you don't, show up anyway and look at the old Volvos laying around. They're still still out there. I drive a 66 wagon around. So people say, hey, I saw you down, driving down the street. And they know it was me. You know? They know it was you. Right. Absolutely. It wasn't like I'm driving a Honda. I saw a Honda just like yours. Was it you? <laughs> like 50 million other ones. Well, I, yeah. I don't even know if they made that many. Anyway, oh, yeah, hey, get back to uh, some of our sponsors here. I want to say thanks to uh, my friends, Woodhouse Carpets, over there off Belcher Road, their new location. Give them a call if you need some carpeting, if you need wood flooring. 727-507-0255. That's 727-507-0255. And also, they have a cop car museum down there because they specialize in squad cars. So if you want a squad car, give them a call. Same number, 507-0255, 507-0255. 
And that's Cop Cars Online. Go check out their website and find yourself a really cool squad car. Matter of fact, you could lock yourself in the back, Alan, you know, because there's no door handles or window cranks back there. <laughs> and now they got these big plastic things down there, so if the guys kind of, you know, get a little carried away with themselves, you know, they can't control themselves, can't contain their, their body fluids, hey, just take a hose, hose that baby out. Got and drain, in the, drain in the floor and you're ready to go. Drain in the floor, yeah. Okay, let's see what else we got going on. Uh, Alan. What do we? Uh, oh, we're going to be talking about Fords this evening, right? Yeah. We're going to get into. We have a really, really, really cool guest tonight. So uh, let's uh, fire up that. What else you got in the shuffle? The record shuffle there, real quick. Uh, we are uh, looking for Cletus T. Judd. Cletus. I love NASCAR. In fact, in fact, I've got it right here. You got that? All right, let's got play it for all NASCAR fans to commemorate the Daytona 50. What is it? Daytona 500. Five zero zero. Five zero zero. Here we go, with, there, uh, good old boys. <laughs> Say what? Toby Keith's on it too. Yeah, he did. Well, no, actually, it's a playoff. One of his songs. It says with Toby Keith. That's with what. Oh, is this the live version? That's okay. Yeah, I, don't um, I don't think so. Because see, the original. Should we? Let's start it. Over. No, that's fine. That's cool. That's it. It's fine. Fired up. Fired up, mother up. That's what this is in that one movie. Like, uh, let's see. Havilene Target Shark. Hey, we got Caterpillar next to El Mountain Dew. DuPont Lowe's. Home Depot. Kodak. M&M's. UBS. Title. Tail Gillette. Kellogg's. Viagra. They want enough. Budweiser. But the trophy girls still have my favorite parts. Huh. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. I love NASCAR. We got cautions, we got pit stops, you can't hear a dang thing once the flag drops, and poor Kyle Petty and Swerve and Marlin <laughs> are gonna find it tough to beat Mark Martin, cause that Viagra car is always driven hard. Vroom, 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 I love NASCAR. Watching Jeff Gordon plow up a wall Puts a smile on Dale Jr.'s face No caviar It's beer and Mopar Vroom, 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 vroom I love NASCAR I like short tracks You'll see more wrecks about a million screaming rednecks and old Jeff Burton. <laughs> Poor Mike Skinner. Well, they've done forgot what it's like to be a winner. And Ken Schrader still ain't sure who his sponsors are. Vroom, 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 vroom. I love NASCAR.
some ping pong now and then. How about you, Toby? But I love NASCAR. It's my kind of race. Just to see Biggie back on the track would put a smile on every face. No one drove a car quite like Earnhardt. Vroom, 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 I love NASCAR. Vroom, 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 gentlemen, start your engines. I love NASCAR. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we have our special guest. Let me tell you about a little bit about our special guest this evening. This guy, now I know, everybody knows that we're Ford guys. Matter of fact, that's why Alan's sitting here with me tonight, because right. it's Ford, it's Daytona 500 weekend, and and uh, we're all about Ford here. But we, we do occasionally let a Chevrolet in the door and talk with them in a Mopar and some foreign jobbies. But anyway, our guest this evening has been around for a long time. Actually, the company's been around for a long time, and I am actually wearing one of their shirts tonight. 
H&M is the two key uh, well-known initials, and our guest has been around, and his father started this really, really cool company in North Carolina, and they were the, I guess you'd say the premier yeah, Ford, Ford engines, engine yeah. and racing gurus that Ford basically contracted to do all their... Yeah, if you had their, their motor, you were... You were yes. right with the world. Exactly. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Lee Holman to our radio show this evening. Lee, are you there? Yes, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Hope you are. I am. Hey, how's the weather up there in North Carolina right now? You got any snow up there left? No. No? <laughs> no, it was, it was 65 today. It, it's quite pleasant. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. And hey, let's just get right into this here. Let's tell, tell us a little bit. I actually have your website up, okay? And uh, so it's Home and Moody website. You can tell everybody about that. If you go, if you Google homeandmoody.com uh, or just Google Home and Moody, you'll come right up. So it's got a really cool website. It talks about the history. It's got news, auto sales, parts, services, memorabilia, image gallery. And, of course, you can contact Lee Holman at his uh, shop there in, uh, Charlotte. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, Charlotte. Correct. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, how you guys got started back in the day. Well, uh, my father was working for Bill Strop, which was the Ford racing team on the West Coast, uh, running the Mexican road race with Lincolns and then racing Mercury's with Bill Strop and uh, sports car racing a little bit with a Curtis Roadster, uh, running Indianapolis. My father was on Bill Vukovich's pit crew when he was killed at Indy and um, just sort of in the California racing scene. And Ford had a operation on the East Coast that was uh, under Peter DePaulo, uh, the famous Indy driver from the 20s, and it was not doing well, and they offered the job to everybody, and finally my father was offered the job, and he took it, and we moved, he moved in 56, and the family, uh, my mom drove us across country in a 1953 Mexican road race Lincoln practice car. No kidding. So we, we hauled some freight across the country with no air conditioning, but um, Dad took the cars off the track and rebuilt them his way. And at that time, he was the the managing director of uh, DePaulo Engineering, it was called. And uh, they proceeded to win everything they went to. There was a great rivalry with Kikafer and the Flocks and their Chryslers and. Um, Finally, Ford just dominated, and so by late 57, uh, the other manufacturers sort of ganged up on Ford and, and uh, talked Ford stupidly into a ban on racing. They, they, the factories just got out of it. And Holman and Moody was um, there with Fireball Roberts, Curtis Turner, Joe Weatherly, Bill Amick, Marvin Panch, Ralph Moody, um, a lot of the key drivers in NASCAR. And so when Ford got out of it, they gave each of the cars, each of the drivers, a car and a pickup truck and some tools. And the spare equipment was sold to my father and Ralph Moody um, just to get rid of it. And they started Holman and Moody. Wow. So how did how did your dad and uh, Ralph Moody come in contact? Well, Ralph was one of the drivers for the okay. team. And he was living in Charlotte. Most of the other drivers were living in Florida or around. Mm-hmm. And um, they decided to put a little shop together. Unfortunately, uh, Ralph's idea of a, a great racing team was to have a gas station with 
uh, two bays in the front and a bay in the back with a couple of guys working on the team in the back. And my father's idea of a, of a race company was to have a factory building race cars and uh, lots of employees and a machine shop making parts. And so their vision of what they wanted didn't coincide at all. But they, it turned out that they each had talents they brought to the table, and the company quite rapidly was very successful. And, of course, Ford realizing they were stupid to get out of racing because racing does sell cars. It, there is an impact on Monday morning after the cars do well at Daytona or wherever. And so Ford decided to get back in racing. And so then rather than have their own Ford-owned team, they just came in and hired Holman and Moody. Um, so from 57 on, we were never owned by Ford. We were just Ford's principal contract um, vendor, if you will. Now, th- just out of curiosity, the cliche that goes, race on Sunday, win on Sunday. or win on Sunday, yeah. sell, buy on Monday. Sell on Monday yeah. sell on, yeah. Where did that cliche come from, and how far back does that go? Often it goes back that. to the very first days of racing. I mean, you, you, you look at who was racing in Indianapolis in the 20s, um, and you look at Henry Ford, what, you know, in the old 999, um, yeah. wanting to win a race against the, the first <laughs> cars. Um, racing sells cars. Performance sells cars um, within limits. And uh, there's a reason that Mercedes and Porsche spend the money to go to Le Mans and go to Formula One. And there's a reason that Ford and Chevrolet and Toyota want to be at the Daytona race this weekend. Oh. Well, now, okay. Well, and so when you were younger then and you were working there, how old were you when you first started there at uh, Home and Moody? Well, um, I started, you know, when Dad worked from Strops on weekends, I'd be, as a kid, rolling around on the on a little creeper under the Lincolns, and I got to meet Bill Vukovich and Walt Faulkner, and and um, when we moved east, we had Curtis Turner and Joe Weatherly and Fabio Roberts. I was, uh, I guess, 13 years old at the last race on the beach um, in 58. So um, I was there with the team. We had Joe Weatherly and Curtis Turner. They finished first and second on Saturday, and we cut the roofs off and changed engines and rear ends and raced the same two cars with the same drivers the next day, and they finished second and fourth. Wow. So it was just something that that the family did. And uh, my father enjoyed having uh, free help, I guess, because he always had my brother and I there working on this stuff. Tell us a story about uh, so the very first race at the Daytona Speedway was uh, 59, correct? Yeah, 59. Okay. And that was a real close race between Petty and you guys, right? And what exactly yeah, happened? Yeah, we had uh, Bochamp and one of our Thunderbirds. We had built a – my father found a little loophole in the NASCAR rules, and we built some 58 and 59 Thunderbird um, – Coops, the four-seater Thunderbirds, which of course had a slightly bigger engine and a lot smaller frontal area. They they were a lot lower car than the other, than the competitors, and so we were there. And and Bochamp, we think, won the race um, because the, the Mrs. Petty was a very talented woman, Lee Petty's wife. And at the time, NASCAR didn't provide the the people that kept the score, each team was expected to provide their own person to, to mark on a flip watch. It was a clock that had panels that folded down to show you the seconds. Mm-hmm. And she was immensely talented, and there were a number of races 
that he never, Lee Petty never passed anybody on the track, and yet he would end up a lap or two in the lead. <laughs> How convenient. How convenient. You know. <laughs> and she could keep track of the times and do it, and we're convinced that, that Beauchamp was a lap ahead of Lee Petty, but that's not what NASCAR said. And uh, as it's been pointed out to a lot of people a lot of times, if you want to play on their track with their rules, then it's their rules. And so they sort of set them, and you come play or stay home. Wow. Tell us a little bit about the uh, development of uh, some of the motors that you guys ran, ran back there. So in, in 59, let's see, that would have been a 358, right? That they 352. Ran the, a 352, that's right, in the uh, and FE No, we, we, we had 430 Lincoln engines. And, oh, that's right. And, oh, that's right, 430. And, 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 and quite quickly we went from 406 up to 427. And um, really, our era was the big block. Our era was the 427, the 429, um, and uh, those engines were still are. I, we still build cars with them, and, and it's just amazing how much grunt you can get out of a, a real well-done 427 uh, Ford engine, the, um, the FE block. But we helped Ford develop those, and okay. we sorted out the issues and the problems. And we had our little issues along the way because we were racing and drag racing. We were doing marine. We were doing the sports car rest stuff with the GT40. Um, one of the, the funnier things, we were doing the first nitrous oxide test with Connie Coletta on our dyno. Oh, really? Uh, the engine dyno. And first time we ever tried nitrous oxide. And we had this single overhead cam 427 turning about eight grand and just screaming on the dyno. And there was this little red button that turned on the nitrous oxide. And Connie Coletta hit the button and the engine never turned another revolution. It blew up so big. <laughs> the heads blew off the thing. It sheared the bolts on the flywheel. And so the flywheel <laughs> left the engine and went zinging around the dyno cell like a buzzsaw inside Ooh. the dyno cell, probably made 10 laps and after all the smoke cleared and everything stopped connie coletta said that was special (laughs) the uh while we're on the subject of the sock motors the cameras ford never made a dual overhead cam big block it was always the single overhead cam 427 correct that's correct. Okay. They made the dual overhead cam Indy engine, the right. small block, the, the little petite the, Indy. The 302, Javi, that they were working on? Well, it was not even 302. It was like a 221. Oh, 221. Okay. And then uh, were you ever involved in any of the 302 tunnel port design? Yeah, we did We did some of that. We uh, didn't go race in the Trans Am series. Uh, we supplied Bud Moore with all of the, the suspension brakes and the engines and stuff, and then he started doing his own engines. Um, but um, uh, we were heavily involved in the NASCAR 351 that came about after the, the NASCAR got rid of the 427 and the 429s when they downsized in 71, 72 era, or really probably closer to 70. Um, we were involved in that, and Ford had discontinued those blocks, and we had to get them cast down in Australia and, and bring them up because Ford didn't have any good high-nickel 
351 blocks. So there is some validity to when people say, well, I got an Australian block because they say, like, for example, in the 352 in Cleveland, it's an Australian block. Cleveland's got a higher nickel content, so a stronger block, and supposedly the heads are better designed and everything like that. Is that So there is some that, validity to that? That's correct, and, and the Australian heads were a closed chamber. They were they were a tighter chamber okay. um, engine, and so, yeah, we were involved in that and um, just trying to keep Ford stuff. Ford had a funny habit of every eight, seven, or eight years – um, somebody would just get all wadded up, and they decide they were going to quit racing. And um, when they did that, suddenly all the teams would have no parts, no pieces, no nothing. And Holman and Moody would kind of fill in the gap, and then eventually Ford would come back racing again, and the the parts supply would get loosened up, and things would be better. The uh, uh, let's go to the Boss Four Twenty Nine engine for a second. The Boss Four Twenty Nine, which they built, uh, I don't know, five hundred, eight hundred Mustangs in sixty nine. I think five hundred and seventy. But that was uh, for the purposes of you guys being able to race that in NASCAR. The production cars came with a uh, aluminum head. Now I ran in a Smoky Unic many, many, many years ago, and he had on his shelf in his back room. Uh, a whole bunch of cast iron Boss 429 blocks. He says they raced them in certain applications in NASCAR and often, more often, in uh, marine applications. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, we, we did a lot of the cast iron 429s and 494s. The Holman and Moody did a 494 uh, based on the 429. We did them in aluminum, a couple of magnesium, but a, a number of cast iron uh, engines for the flat bottom and marathon boats. Um so there were cast iron heads, but they were heavier than, I mean, it was a lump of iron. You, you just couldn't believe how heavy it was. But uh, so many of the projects that we they, we did like that, like the single overhead cam, we built those to run in NASCAR. And NASCAR required 500 of them to be on the shelf as a dealer-installed option before you could run them. So we built 500 single overhead cam engines, or Ford did, and sent them to us. And we took it to one race at Atlanta and won the race too easily. And so NASCAR said, you've had your fun, don't bring them back. And so we actually got into drag racing in a big way um, just to have a place to blow up those 500 motors because we couldn't <laughs> use it with NASCAR, and they were terrible on the street. And so what are you going to do with them? Well, let's invent the funny car. So we built a production run of FX Mustangs and went out and proceeded to blow up a bunch of the motors. And unfortunately, Ford pulled another one of its "let's get out of racing" guys uh, little tricks. And um, so, at the end of that program, we sold them off to the public for a thousand bucks a piece in the crate, brand new. Um, now, those were Ford production engines that had come from Ford Motor Company, and they had been warehoused at home in the movie. We hadn't really worked on them; we had just warehoused them. And um, but there's still people with you know a thousand bucks a pop. Now the engines are worth thirty five or forty thousand. There's still people with two or three in crates in their garage, um, and you know it's just a, a little bit of old Ford history to have a camera motor sitting back there in the in the back. So you really never really got a chance to do any real serious development with that motor. Then is that what you're saying? No, just for drag racing, the, drag. you know, the fuel injection and, the, and like I said, the nitrous oxide, which we laid her down to make it work a little bit better. How much potential um, did that motor really have? It, it was quite strong. Uh, the trouble is it had nothing under about 5,000 RPM. And so you see a lot of people trying to put them in streetcars and stuff, and they're just absolutely dogs 
until you get them up to five or six thousand. Do you know uh, Tom Vermish? Yeah. Okay, he's got... Uh, the first time I met him was at the Shelby meet in Hershey, Pennsylvania in 1977. And he showed up with their, up there with a... I think it was a 61 Galaxy, an orange one, with a camera motor in it. And I believe yeah. he still has that car. That's guy from Detroit, right? That's the guy from Detroit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's got a number of the engines. He collected a bunch of the old parts. He's He's been in a position of being in Detroit and working around the cars and also having access to Fords were scrapping it, do you want it for 10 cents on the dollar sort of thing? And so Vermeers has been able to scarf up a lot of rare and unusual pieces and uh, sit on them long enough that they've become really valuable. Wow. What Now, What's this, the what was the controversy surrounding the Boss 429 motor, a.k.a. shotgun motor? Well, the... the Boss 429 worked really well. It's really the first purposely built race motor that Ford actually did. Everything else was an adaption of an uh, earlier design. The FE is a is a version of the earlier Y block, um, and so the 429 was a purposely built race motor to go put in the Talladegas and go fight with the Hemi, Chrysler, and the Superbird. And it was really a very nicely done, very good race engine. Now, the NASCAR version was a good bit different from the street version that was put in those Boss Mustangs that you mentioned earlier. Um, bigger heads, bigger valves. We had V-ports and regular ports and all kinds of different shapes to them. Um, but it was a really nice engine. It had a nice dry sump assembly and was really a nice piece, but... Uh, again, it was it was not a very handy engine to have on the street because you just had uh, so little power until it came on, and when it came on, you had way too much to be able to control it. Hmm. Um, one of the last cars that you guys built, and I, I know you know Gene Felton, right, in Atlanta? Yeah. Gene had this car, and I looked at this car about, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, but he had a 73 Torino that you guys built. It was a factory Boss 429 car. And it supposedly raced at the 24-hour a Daytona. Now, I guess evidently, from what I understand, it was one of the last entries that you guys did. Can you mm-hmm. shed some light on that car? Yeah, um, it, it was just a, a project, and, and usually those things came about because Bill France would ask us to participate. He would say, I, "You know, I'd like to run a car here." Um, and some of those projects were really silly. Like at one point, he said. Can you bring a car to Rockingham? I want Jimmy Clark to drive it. So we had Jimmy Clark uh, drive a car for us at Rockingham. We had Jackie X drive a car at Riverside for the Woods Brothers. Um, Bill France always wanted to have an international flair to his races, and so we had a number of drivers that that came in from Europe and were put in. The funniest to me was Ennis Island, who made the mistake of giving a a press interview before Daytona, where he was supposed to run a home new movie car, saying that he was obviously going to show these rubes how a race was really run, <laughs> and we had to put somebody else in the car to qualify. He couldn't even make a qualifying speed, <laughs> but he was a famous Formula One driver. Wow. And it, it, there's a reason for that, and, it, and it's funny, but very few people outside of NASCAR know what happened back in the 60s and the 70s the race car chassis were designed because the tire technology and the suspension technology and those things were kind of basic um the front suspension on a nascar car from that era 
would tow out the inside tire about a quarter of an inch as it fell into the corner. As you went in the corner, the car would take a set, and that inside tire would 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 tow out a quarter of an inch. What felt like when you're driving on the street, you hook a tire over the curb or something, mm-hmm. it, it sort of grabs it, right? and that would even out the tire temperature and everything. Well, to a proper race driver, to somebody that's used to Formula One or something, they want the cars that the tires absolutely parallel at all time. You do a Johnson and, and toe curve pattern on the car, and you want them absolutely parallel. And that does not work in NASCAR on the banking. And so, when you put uh, Jimmy Clark in one of these things, his first response is the damn thing doesn't stop, doesn't turn. And you can't drive it. Other than that, it's a lovely car. <laughs> and they just, they never could deal with it. And it was, they were always surprised that people like Dan Gurney and Mary Andretti could make it work. Um, because the Jackie Eeks and the, the, um, Jimmy Clarks never could make it work. Well, they were Formula One car drivers. They had no idea how that how the they weren't familiar with the suspension on a on a stock car. Basically, obviously, no, they, like. they had no clue. Hey, uh, Lee, hang on a second. I got a uh, a caller calling in, and this guy is uh, actually a, a real good friend of ours, and he also has a radio show here too. And uh, he's got some good history. He was out in California at the time, but he actually has a Holman and Moody story. So I'm going to let uh, Doctor Dan uh, uh, yeah. talk to Lee here for a second. How you doing, Doc? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing, Robert? Pretty good. And 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 Alan. Hey, Dan. But, how you doing? I, I'm talking to to Mr. Holman. You are. Is that right? yeah. Yes, Lee what, Holman. What, what's your What's your first name? Lee. Lee. Well, anyway, I, I'll just tell you this quick little Holman and Moody story. A friend of mine and I are out in California, and somehow he finds out that there's some engines for sale up at the Holman and Moody shop. So he makes a deal, and we go up there and get them, and we bought three uh, dual-overhead cam Ford motors, two of them complete and one of them disassembled. I think we paid $3,000 for all three of them and uh, and took them out back to California and had them hanging around the shop for a while, and I think we got 3500 apiece from for some from some marine guys. Wow, but but you were probably around the shop there when we come in here. It must have been the late '60s, sometime. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah so I, was, I was. I was there most of the time, and except for college. How old are you? How old are you? How old I'm are you? 65. Okay, I just turned 70, so you were right around in there. You were probably over the shop when we come over and got them motors. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was yeah. weird. You, you probably saw the stack of engines in the Ford warehouse. We had oh, I because, saw yeah, I saw a whole bunch of them. yeah. There was a whole bunch of engines there. I couldn't count them out. We actually had the Ford Performance Warehouse. If a dealer ordered anything that was a performance part, it came out of the Holman and Moody Ford Warehouse. Mm-hmm. It was it was Ford's inventory. Uh, yeah. It varied between six to twelve million dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. But we had, like I said, 500 single overhead cam engines on the shelf, and yeah. it would a car guy would come in and just get dropped to his knees. They couldn't deal with it. I know. <laughs> hey, I heard you mention the, the 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 last race on the beach over there in Daytona. I didn't go to the car race, but I did go to the uh, motorcycle race, which was after the car race. I think wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it's in March, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I did go to the last race on the beach with uh, with motorcycles, and uh, that year I think a BMW won the race. But we were sitting down in the south turn, and uh, everybody, I mean, we were right there. I mean, the motorcycles were coming by five feet away from us, you know, because there was no rules back then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so there was a cop standing there watching the race with us, and he got so involved in the race that the tide come in and floated his car away. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, Dan. we got to get out of the program. Right, guys. See you later, Robert. Okay, okay take care. Thanks See for calling in. All Thanks. right. Bye-bye. Hey, Lee, back. let's go to uh, – Alan's got a couple questions here because one of the things we were talking about while you – since you were talking to Dr. Dan, you were talking about the motors and stuff like that. And a lot of people are aware of the fact that when they ordered – and you were telling me this earlier off the air – that high-performance engines or any high-performance stuff – that was pretty much came through Ford, actually came through Holman and Moody. That's right. true, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll make this yeah. real quick as possible. So, yeah. anyway, Alan's got a question because we have a customer of ours, a friend of ours, actually, and it's actually Alan's. And Alan's got a question about a particular car, and maybe you can shed some light on how this whole thing comes about with if somebody special ordered, in other words, if somebody ordered the car from Ford and then he wanted a special Holman and Moody motor, how would they go through that process? So Alan wants to ask you a question. Okay, make this quick. 1967, a friend of mine bought a GT500 from Gotham Ford in Manhattan. Ordered the 427, took six months, car showed up, had the 428 in it. So they got on the horn, sent him an engine up from Charlotte, 427, 12 and a half compression. I see he's got all the original paperwork for it and everything. It's experimental cam, 600 lift. Um, sodium-filled intake and exhaust valves, 229 intake, 193 exhaust, 180-pound valve springs. And they threw the engine in the car. While he was at it, they, had, they put some headers on it. The headers are so big, you got to pull the headers off to get the oil pan out. There's no mm-hmm. – they go underneath the oil pan and everything. And he had Ford aluminum heads, factory – I guess Ford made aluminum heads for the FEs back then, had those put on. They were polished and everything. And um, he got – it had the two four barrels on it from the 428, so it was like Niagara Falls, and you nailed it. You got about five miles per gallon, and the, he's got the paperwork on it. The paperwork from Holman Moody says 608 horsepower, and um, is there a dyno sheet with it too? What it was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got all the original paperwork that shows it was a 427 car from the factory, actually put in together at the dealer because you know how they did back then. And he used to yeah. street race it on Sunrise Highway in Long Island, beat everything, never lost, the never lost. Anything. When he first bought the car, his dad had to drive it home because he didn't know how to drive a four-speed, but he got rather proficient at it. Of course, he still owns the car. Original paint's got two original tires on it. They're Goodyear Bald Eagles now, you know, but they're all original. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the fact, when the dealer put the engine in, they put, they put the 428 flywheel back in it. Of course, you know how that don't work. So they, on the, they drilled a hole on the opposite end of the weight and put a bolt with a bunch of washers and a nut on it to counterbalance the flywheel. That's the dealer doing it for you. And they took off the power steering pump but left the assembly on because it wouldn't clear the header. You know, the header was in the way and told him that, um, oh, you you lose power with the power steering hooked up, which I think was a moot point with that car because the closest he ever lost a race was by a a fender. He was was racing a Hemi car, and he raced a 435 Tri-Power Vets, and there was a Motion Camaro on Long Island he raced at the time and beat that guy too. Anyway, so the whole story is, give us a little insight on that engine. Because back when he bought it, they told him it was the same as the GT40 motor with all that done to it. 
So yeah, with the aluminum heads, with the aluminum heads, it would have been a GT40 motor because we couldn't run those in NASCAR. We were having to run cast iron in NASCAR. Yeah, and we used aluminum heads on drag racing and and the GT40 Mark IIs and the Mark IVs. Um, but the the issue is quite often there were there were dealer programs to promote drag racing and the, the, their little club racing. And so Ford had a program that would allow these special order engines to get built and then installed by the dealer. And they were fairly picky about who got them because they didn't want Freddie Foonman to get a 600-horsepower <laughs> car and go out and hurt somebody. But um, we've got a Galaxy in the shop today, a 64 Galaxy, that was done that way in Tennessee. It's got a 427 and all the trick pieces in the Galaxy, and the, the car is original and low mileage, and they're out there. One of the, the problems I have is so many people think they've got an original Holman & Moody car because it has a decal on it or because it has some sort of little tag, and um, people need to call us first and describe the vehicle before they spend money on it. We had a case, an occasion of a, a person out of Virginia that paid an awful lot of money for a fairly rough Mustang, but he knew it was a Holman and Moody prototype car because it had a brass tag, a little oval brass tag that said Holman and Moody 89-622 or, you know, whatever little number. Well, those brass tags were asset tags for the IRS, and they were used on our workbenches and our filing cabinets. And so this guy had paid a fortune for a Mustang that when he asked me to look up the serial number, what he had actually bought was the tag off of a two-drawer gray filing cabinet. Oh, <laughs> fastest filing cabinet in the world. Yeah, and he was so angry at me because this was a, a Holman and Moody car, and he had spent the money. And and but they never call first. If they would call first, we could give them some clues about what it might be. But they're always afraid they're going to miss the deal. Well, this and guy, yeah. they they should maybe take a minute to, to call first before they do that. But your your friend's car sounds like just one of the dealer program cars that we would have done either at Home and the Moody Stop on the West Coast or out of Home and the Moody on the East Coast. And there's there's probably. 35 or 40 of those cars out there. Because he bought the car brand new. He's got all mm -hmm. the paperwork still on the car, and it's still sitting. You know, it's got 34000 wow. He paid the $4,700 price, not the $7,500 price, because it took him six months to get the car to him and everything. And so the dealer just sold it for the $4,700, 428 Shelby price. And so when he's out racing the car, and people go, that's an awful fast 428 police interceptor. He never told them any different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was W.C. Field said that a thing worth having is a thing worth cheating for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he got five miles per gallon, and he'd run through two tanks a night on Friday night racing, you know, just riding oh, around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lee, was there, did you, so when, when you guys built these cars, in other words, if it was a special prepared street car that was ordered through a dealership so you basically had special serial numbers for those cars no no we, we quite often didn't do anything we didn't have any notation ford would just tell us make three of these or two of those because they didn't want the the race organizations to say hey you can't race that thing it's a cheater that's not a stock car Okay. And so, in a lot of cases, there actually, there actually is no paperwork listing any of the serial numbers or any of the, the modifications that were made because 
we never saw that car. No, we never had that in the shop. That's a standard Ford. <laughs> okay, because like in this case here, this car was ordered from Ford, you know, it was a Shelby, and then they special ordered, a spe- they specified the Holman and Moody engine. So somebody could go to Ford and specify, I want a 289 Hypo, Holman and Moody prepared, a 427, Holman and Moody prepared, or a Boss 429, Holman and Moody prepared. That That's a fair statement, correct? Yeah, that's a fair statement. Okay. But the paperwork trail was in 90% of the time nowhere near as complete as what his friend has because got, um, yeah. they, they didn't want the drag groups to know that we were building cheater cars like that. This uh-huh. is a, he's got all the original paperwork. Wow. That's, that's, this is a rare card because yeah. there's, 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 there's a lot of debate surrounding it's this particular original car. Original, too. Yeah. Paint and everything. Yeah, this, I've yeah. seen this card. You talk about a survivor car. This yeah. is truly a survivor car. Hey, Lee, I just got a... Uh, Two minute. How many minutes we got left, Lee? I got a two minute warning. So what I want to do is, oh wow, just one minute, Lee. I want to. Th- I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. This is, you'll you'll come on again sometime, won't you? Oh yeah. Okay. Because we didn't get a chance to get into all. The, I had like a whole list of questions and uh, you know that I wanted to ask because I want to get into some of the early days of racing, some of the road racing. I want to get into the GT40 program that you guys were involved with, the Alaman cars, uh, the the fun days with Carol Shelby, you know, all that cool stuff. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to definitely give you an invitation to come back on the the uh, show again. I want to thank you for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely be in touch. And then next time I get up to North Carolina, I would definitely want to tour your little facility up there. And now if anybody yeah. wants to get a hold of you, they can go to HolmanandMoody.com, and they can get uh, they can buy all kinds of shirts and, and uh, decals and all that stuff you guys still have, right? Yeah, we still do that, and we're doing some of the modern cars. We're making some kits for the for the new Ford cars. And, and so, yeah, we kind of cover the whole spectrum, but tell them to just check at HolmanandMoody.com. Or if they're in Charlotte, we're open to the public. People are welcome to come in and see the collection. Um, they need to wear pads on their knees because when they walk in and see the GT40s and the Cobras <laughs> and the cars, they tend to drop down. But other than that, it's, it's a fun visit. Okay. Hey, Lee, thanks a lot. We're out of here, okay? okay hey, everybody, tune in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. We'll see you later. Thanks, Lee. Okay.